Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 223 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest-running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real-life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Did you forget something? No, I just thought I'd leave it out today. Oh, okay. I was like... Do you want to do it? No. No, I don't want anything to do with introductions, but I'm so used to you throwing that in now and then saying how Celeste hates it. Like, the fact that you didn't do it, I'm like, oh, wait a second. Okay. Do you want me to do it? Do you, are you feeling it? Do you want me to? Uh, Come on. Y- no, you know what? If your initial reaction was don't throw it in, go ahead and leave it out this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was easy. Well, I was all fired up, too, and then I was just kind of like, nah, all right, no. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how are you doing over there, man? Dude, I'm good. I have uh, Blue Raz Bang coursing through the veins. I'm stimulated, and I actually have kind of a funny story to share with you we also have an apple pie baking downstairs my mother-in-law is doing a homemade apple pie and it smells incredible so i'm like already thinking about apple pie and ice cream after recording the show but i've got a funny story to share with you dude are you do you want to go into it now or the finger poke of doom segment yes no this has nothing to do with toy spotting at all this this yeah this is not a finger poke of doom so i don't know what happened I don't know what struck me, but yesterday I'm working on my computer because I'm working from home now. So I'm on my computer doing my thing. And for some reason, I was also on Facebook on my other screen. So work on one, Facebook on the other. It's like business in the front, party in the back, that kind of thing. (laughs) And I'm thinking back to a couple weeks ago when Shannon and I were cleaning out drawers and our closet in our bedroom. And I belong to a Road Warrior slash Legion of Doom group on Facebook. And they post like old videos and pictures. And it's like a let's praise LOD or Road Warriors group. And I love it because Road Warriors are absolutely my favorite tag team of all time. And so I'm, I'm looking at a Road Warriors thing and it's a match. I forget who the match was with. It was either the Midnights or Arn and Tully, something like that. And I'm just, I've got the video up and it hits me that my LOD signed WWF Spotlight magazine that I got back in 97, that inside of the magazine, the, the cover is signed, and inside I had a, a big poster that was actually cut out from the inside of the magazine. I had LOD signed that in addition to a color photo, which is framed and was not inside the magazine. But it hit me that when I was cleaning out the drawer that it was supposed to be in, I didn't see it. Now, had I not been watching this LOD video or Road Warriors video, I would have never even thought about it. But then I was like, man, I don't remember seeing that magazine in the drawer. So I go into the bedroom, I open up the drawer because I had emptied out quite a bit of stuff and thrown a lot of it out. And I'm going through it, no LOD magazine. So immediately I start to get that feeling in the pit of my stomach. You know, like when you realize like your wallet's not in your back pocket or you don't know where your keys are, like something important is gone. And now you are in full let's find it mode. Like search party for Dufresne. We're on it. We've got to find this magazine. 
It's one of my most prized possessions. So to fill you guys in on the story with that, Jeff and I went to the Great Mall in Milpitas back in 1997. There was an old rock station in the Bay Area, KSJO, and they had a store. They actually sold like shirts and I guess hats, whatever. They It was their rock memorabilia or their, their merchandise. But they hosted a signing with the Legion of Doom back in 1997. Of course, when they announced it, we were all over it. LODs, as I said earlier, my favorite tag team of all time. I had to go. And we took our good friend Big Dave with us. And it was Jeff. And Jeff, did Nathan go with us too? I thought it was just us three. I thought it was Dave, you, and me. Okay, so Nathan was probably working at the time. So yeah, the three of us went to the Great Mall of the Bay. Um, we're in line. I think we were like, I don't know, 10th in line. There was really nobody there when we got there. But the line started to kind of fill up. And it was whatever time it was supposed to happen, five or six or seven, whatever it was. They had a house show that night in San Jose. So they were doing the signing in Milpitas before the house show. Animal is right on time. And he shows up in full war paint, like ready to go. But it's only Animal. And everybody's like, well, where's Hawk? So there's that uncomfortable, like, well, let's give him a couple minutes. Maybe he'll get here. It's like five minutes after they're supposed to start and Animal's just sitting there. And finally, they're like, look, Hawk's on the way. He's caught in traffic. Just get your autograph with Animal, your picture with Animal. And then when Hawk gets here, you can come back through the line. So we did. And I think Hawk showed up like, what, 20 minutes late, Jeff? Yeah, around there, 20, 25 minutes, yeah. Yeah, 20, 25 minutes late, not in his face paint. He wore his sunglasses like the whole time. But we went through the line because there weren't a lot of people there as we thought there were going to be. We thought it was going to be like 300 people. There were maybe, what, 50? If even that. It was, the other thing we have to point out that it was also a weeknight. It was a weeknight, wasn't it? Like a Tuesday or something or a Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Something like that. Because I remember the only reason mom and dad let me go, because uh, it was also a school night. The only reason they let me go was because the next day was Friday. And they're like, okay, well, if you come home late, that's fine. You can just go to school and then you know, have the weekend to rest up. Right. Okay. So it was most likely a Thursday. That actually does sound right. So Hawks 20, 25 minutes late. And I think they were supposed to be there for an hour and a half to two hours. There ended up being so few people that showed up for Legion of Doom. And you got to figure this is not like 1988 or 1989 Legion of Doom. This is 1997 Legion of Doom when they didn't have like the greatest run. They got the tag team championship, but really... It, it really phased them out when the New Age Outlaws came into existence. So LOD was big. They just weren't as big as they were a decade earlier. So anyway, so few people. We ended up going through that line three times. Because as I stated, I got a WWF Spotlight magazine. I got the cover signed. There was a poster inside the magazine that I unfolded, took out, unfolded, and had them sign the big poster. And then they had um, 8x10s, color 8x10s of Legion of Doom that they also signed for you. And I got two of those. One of which, Jeff, I've given to you. Yes. Yep. And the other one I have framed up on the wall. So now that you have kind of the backstory of the magazine and you know how much I love Legion of Doom, to kind of fast forward a little bit, I had the poster inside of the magazine in that drawer. Didn't remember seeing it when I cleaned out the drawer. Started to get a little nervous, like something's missing, went in, looked through the drawer, not there. Shannon had cleaned up some stuff in the closet And I had a bunch of books in there, like McFoley's book, the Hardy's book, Jericho's book, so on and so on. Ron Jeremy's book, but that's a different podcast for a different time. I don't remember him as a wrestler. (laughs) He was was a performer. All right, that guy. (laughs) So Shannon moved in our closet. We have some shelves up and Shannon moved the books from one shelf to another. And 
she was like, what are you looking for? And I told her what it was. She goes, I don't remember seeing that, but I stacked up some books up top on the other shelf. And I was like, okay, so I went and got the ladder. I got up on the shelf, no Legion of Doom magazine. So now I've looked in two of the possible spots could be in and I'm not finding it. And now I'm starting to get really worried. So I go into the garage and I start going through all the spots it could be in, not in the garage anywhere that I would normally put something like that. That's when I texted you. And I was like, dude, by any chance that I take that magazine over to your place? And you're like, no, the last time I remember seeing it, it was at your house and you gave me the photo. I was like, oh boy. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this may end up being one of those things that I accidentally threw out or I'm not going to find it until the day we move out of this house. So like now I'm starting to really panic. Like beads of sweat are starting to form. So I get the ladder back out and I'm like, it has to be up there. And she goes, you know what? So I stack the books And there are some magazines that were up there, but they would be standing up behind the books. And I was like, oh, so I didn't see that when I was up there the first time. Get the ladder, scale up the ladder like I'm climbing for a Money in the Bank contract. Get to the top shelf. And sure enough, there were some magazines stacked standing straight up to the side of the books that had some stuff in front of them. And Uh I start rifling through. It was sitting right there. Boom. Look at that. Dude. And I'm sure anybody that's ever lost like a wallet, their keys, a child, like as soon as you find that thing, the relief that washes over you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I took the magazine out. I, I put it into a special protector. I put it back into the drawer that I know it's supposed to be in. And it's, it's under there, under there, safekeeping the whole bit. But dude. I was panicked yesterday looking for this Legion Zoo magazine, but happy ending to the story. Found the magazine all as well. Nice, man. Yeah, you were texting me. You're like, dude, did I take that spotlight? And I'm like, no, it wasn't in the red backpack that you brought over that was over at Grandma Toon's house. I will leave that story for another day. Not on this podcast. Not Yeah, not this podcast. We'll have to start up another one that isn't family friendly. Yeah, it works really blue. Yeah. Speaking of, I heard that Ron Jeremy guy just was nothing but spot fest. But anyways. And he'll make it onto that podcast. Exactly. But anyways, I'm now kind of panicked for you. I'm like, oh God, I hope he finds this. Because you wouldn't text me asking about that one certain magazine unless. Yes. So I was just like, oh God, oh God, I hope he finds it. Sure enough, you text me a few minutes later. I was working. But you text me a few minutes later, you're like, oh, I found it. And I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Oh, man, I was sweating bullets big time because I know I have a tendency when we have parties over here. Of course, we haven't had one in a really long time. But when we have parties over here and I get to drinking, I'll come upstairs and grab a figure or something and bring it downstairs and show people like, hey, check this out, blah, blah, blah. Because that's, I don't know, drunk me likes to show off wrestling memorabilia. And I really started to worry that maybe I'd come upstairs and grab that magazine And brought it downstairs and like misplaced it in a drawer or a cupboard or one of the cabinets. And it was just not going to be found until we moved out of the house. But alas, it was found. The wife put it in a safe spot for safekeeping. And I took it and moved it back to where I knew it was supposed to be. (laughs) So (laughs) happy ending to the story, thankfully. Wait, are we still talking about Ron Jeremy? uh, No, no, no. We're done talking happy endings and Ron Jeremy and red backpacks. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, If you could have, if you would have lost that dude, I think I would have driven over to your house in a pandemic and (laughs) strangled you. (laughs) Yeah. I would have kicked my own ass first. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that everything is going well over there. Yes. How is it with you? 
everything's going good over here, man. Just kind of sheltering in place, you know, Celeste and I are going for walks and doing these home workouts and it, it's not the same as a gym, but there is no way I'd be going to a gym in the, the next year or so. So I've got to do something, you know, so that's all it is. Nice. You haven't eaten all the quarantine snacks yet? No, we still have our cranberries and almonds snacks, beef jerky. So we're still good. We got spam. So I'm happy about that. Oh, <laughs> spam. Nice. Yeah. I love spam, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so does the Monty so, Python group. Good for you. Uh, no, they don't like spam, dude. No. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Spam. <laughs> if anyone would like to get any of our t-shirts, head on over to pro wrestling tees or whatamaneuver.net. Actually, you know what guys, we want you guys to go support these local companies. Also go support pro wrestling tees, go support whatamaneuver.net, go support FOCO, go support Manscape. We want you guys to go support these smaller companies that are, need your guys's money right now if you guys can do it i understand the situation right now with a lot of people out of work jordan cassatt was just on telephone for this past week and he mentioned that he is out of work due to this so if you guys can if you guys have a couple extra dollars to support these smaller companies these independent wrestlers go support them if you can if you guys want to pick up a shirt from pro wrestling tees or whatamaneuver.net that's one of ours we thank you we absolutely do thank you because that money is also helping them as well. So if you guys can, if you guys have the money to do so, please do it. If not, we completely understand and we hope times get better with you guys. You, you guys have families. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on fullyposablepodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Ditcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please write and review on iTunes. Like Scott, this week it comes in from Ryan Belial. Ryan was on Telephone 3. That's cool. He sent in a uh, iTunes review. Thank you, Ryan. He says, boring, not boring. Gave a sweet five stars. He says, even though we grew up in different eras, we shared the same passion for wrestling figures and wrestling figure feds. Every time this show drops, I stop listening to whatever I am listening to and pop their show on, and I'm never disappointed. They have some awesome segments and have had some great interviews. Don't let any of the other great figure podcasts fool you. These two brothers are the original. Make sure if you give them a listen, you go back and listen to everything like I did. You won't regret it. I promise you that. Jeff and Scott, thank you for all you do for this community. And thank you for showing me there was a wrestling figure community. Keep up the great show. And I can't wait to see where you guys go from here. P.S. Also check these two out on the Toys That Made Us Wrestling Figure episode on Netflix. Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. It was fun talking to you, man, on Telephone 3. That was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Ryan. We always appreciate the kind words. And Jeff, that's one of my favorite things is when somebody sends us a message like that, that they weren't aware that there were so many other people that collected figures. And not only that, but now there's a community that formed around that. That's one of my favorite things about doing this show. It's just bringing people together like, yeah, there's more of us out there for sure. We all love wrestling figures. We hang out. We talk about it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Ryan. Yeah, and it was fun talking to you, man. I look forward to many more chats that we have. Thank you again, Ryan. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, what do you say we go talking about FOCO? Jeff. Yeah.
Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. Foco.com is here to help. With Foco's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Foco's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from Foco are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to foco.com now. That's foco.com. One more time, foco.com, where at checkout, you can save yourself a sweet 10% off on everything in your cart by using code WFP10. Again, head over to foco.com, that's foco.com. Load up your cart and at checkout, use code WFP10 for 10% off. Also, guys, if you are into the bobbleheads and you want to see Foco make a wrestling one, a WWE wrestler, because they have the license to WWE, and you would like to see one, tweet them. Tag us in it as well. But tweet them who you would like to see. I put out the tweet the other day that Foco would like to see that, and we got some great responses. One person said the Hurricane. I thought that was fantastic because Hurricane has such a strong following. Nice. I like that one a lot. And you wouldn't actually need to do that one as a bobblehead. You could do like a bobble cape. Oh, yeah, huh? That would be pretty sweet. That's a great call. So if you guys want to see a bobblehead made, they've got The Fiend. They've got John Cena. They've got AJ Styles. They've got a great selection of bobbleheads going on. They want to see who else you guys want made. And their quality, too. And their grade A qualities. Go check them out. Purchase their bobbleheads. You'll receive it and you'll be like, I want more. I want to see more of these because these are awesome. So guys, if there is anyone that you want to see, tweet at Foco. If you guys are purchasing a bobblehead, like Scott said, WFP10 gets you 10% off at checkout on your entire order. It doesn't even have to be bobbleheads. They have other things going on over there. They have these fun little Lego sets where you can build stadiums if you're a sports fan and you're quarantined in, family fun time, doing some of these Lego type sets. They're blocks, but it's a Lego type set. So they have other stuff going on over there that may interest you as well. So WFP10 gets you 10% off. And guys, that only goes through the end of the month. So if you were on the fence about picking something up, that WFP10 code is only good through the end of April. So if you're gonna jump on it, gotta do it now. Scott, did you do any finger poke of doom? Jeff, you know, I've been doing a lot of fingering, but not so much poking. I am... Which podcast are we on? We're still fully posable. Oh, oh, I thought it was our other one that's going to be in the future. Go ahead. No, no, this isn't the dirty podcast. This is the clean one. Chasey Lane? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, now you're mixing podcasts, brother. (laughs) Different fully posable. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So I've been doing a lot of searching. And the issue is I'm jumping down a lot of rabbit holes and I don't know where that stimulating money is going to fall into. So I'm looking at older Remco's that we missed out on. I'm looking at a few LJNs that we missed. I'm looking at different ones that I, through the Mattel ones specifically, I've been looking at a few Mattels that I missed over the years because budget didn't allow me to buy some. So 
right now it's just the process of elimination, building a checklist, giving the, giving it all weight, like which one it goes to the top and what else falls beneath it. It's a matter of figuring out where I want that stimulus money to go. And that's where I am now. So I haven't actually poked anything yet to make that final call of, yes, that's what I want to buy. It's just right now, it's a lot of process of elimination. So no actual purchases yet. So what is on your checklist? Specifically, I w- today I was looking at Remco's. And in fact, I found a inbox, opened box, but still inbox. AWA Battle Royal playset. And this is actually the one, Jeff, that you and I got. This was, I don't think it was our first AWA because I think we got the Road Warriors, Flair and Zabisco, Rashki, and Martell. Uh, I don't think we got the fabulous ones. We got those three two packs before we got the Battle Royal playset. So we actually had a couple of sets of LOD and a couple Martells and a couple of Von Rashkis. But mom bought us this thing. She got it for us at best. For those that, I know we're dating ourselves here, but for those of you old enough to remember best, it was like a, um, I guess a big department store. They yeah, did kind of like a Walmart. Well, yeah, minus the groceries, but they had everything else. I mean, jewelry, electronics, toys. Uh, it was much like service merchandise. Out here it was, Jemco had gone out and became Target. And the other two big box stores would have been service merchandise and best. And I think they were gone by the end of the 80s. Um, but she took us to Best. And it was actually the one out in Pleasanton. It wasn't the one right over by us at the greenhouse. She took us out to the Pleasanton one. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget walking through the toys. They had kind of a limited selection of toys at that particular one. They were more of like a mail order store. It was a smaller Best. And we went and looked at the toys and the big box. I had never seen it before. And I walk up and I'm like, what is this? And it was a huge box. It was like 20 bucks. But it came with the AWA ring, that horrible cardboard one. And it came with six wrestlers and a referee. So it came with seven figures total. And that was the kicker for us. And it came with a a battle royal poster. And I think like a championship ring. The only thing that was missing were title belts. There were no title belts that were included with that. So unfortunately, we didn't have belts in the thing. But we got that play set. And Jeff, that's what I forwarded you today off of eBay. Because I kind of went down the Remco rabbit hole a little bit. And $1,800. Yeah. But pristine. Everything was still in the baggies. Like this thing was mint, but 1800 bucks for that thing. I also emailed that toy store in Sacramento to see if they had any AWA figures that were for sale because the store is closed, but it says you can email them for questions. So I emailed them to see what they've got left of their Remcos. So that's something I'm looking at. I'm perusing through LJNs because there were a few that we missed out on, specifically that Hogan we've talked about. We never had the short hair Andre the Giant with the black strap. I don't know that we ever got Haku. I don't remember him being in our collection. I thought we, well, now you got me guessing. I thought we did, didn't we? Well, Haku was one that we never saw in the store. We had to get through the wrestling ring. And I thought through process of elimination, we gave other guys weight over Haku. And it was one of those, okay, if we place another order, we'll get Haku. And we never place another order. We jumped into the Hasbros. We stopped buying the LJNs and got into the Hasbros. So, there were a few at the end that we missed out on. I, I want to say Haku was one. And I don't recall having Outback Jack. So there's a few that I'm looking at. You you got the killer beast for us. We never found those. But there's a few that I'm looking at from that. Uh, the Mattels, as I mentioned last week, the Drew McIntyre. Missed out on that one. Uh, 
just some different ones out of the Mattel series over the years that I've missed out on, specifically some out of the Legends that I never got. So it's a lot of looking, but a lot of paring down to what I want to purchase. So I'd imagine over the next couple of weeks, I should have a good purchase story. Gotcha. I'm doing that same thing over here. I'm just kind of looking. I was supposed to pre-order The Undertaker and Randy Orton from Walmart. And I told Jordan I was going to on this past episode of Telephone 4. And I totally forgot all about it. The other thing is Celeste and I are going to be making a couple purchases here that aren't the cheapest purchases. I'm going to to have to see where the money is at after we make those purchases. So even with the stimulus check, this is still going to be an expensive couple of purchases. I've got to see where that's going to be. I'll probably have a better idea next week. Okay. See where we're at. Because when you sent over that LJN list today, I was tempted by the Kamala and slick. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Cause see slick is another one. I don't remember having, we didn't have him. Yeah. And that sucks. Like I loved slick dude. I know you did too. And he would have been like the perfect manager to have. But again, we weren't buying our own figures. We were dependent on mom and dad to do that for us. So we couldn't get every single one. Of course, it would be weird to expect to, but yeah, there were a few that we missed out on. So that's kind of where I'm looking now is to kind of fill those holes that we missed in the LJNs. That was a good price on Slick. Uh, Yeah, Kamala too. And Kamala too. And these were pristine LJNs. So it was hard to pass up, but at the same time, maybe if they're still there after I see where the funds are at after we make the purchases, but... As of right now, it's going to be kind of tight until I see where we're at. Well, look at it this way. At least we don't need the green card Hasbros. That is true. That is very true. Or mailaways. Yeah, we don't need those either. It just, it breaks my heart talking to people that are trying to go back and collect them. Like Randy, uh, who left the the great message last week for us. Uh, Tim at a chair shot. We know he's hard into the Hasbros right now, trying to fill fill up his collection. And it just sucks, man, because everybody gets down like the checklist starts to go off pretty quickly and you can see where you start leaving. Right. It's like this big lump sum at the end that you're kind of waiting to get to. And everybody that goes through the Hasbro line gets to that same dead end where it's like, all right, man, it's all that's left is mail aways and green cards. And I know what it's going to run me, but there's no way my significant other is going to go for that. And it's just, man, you either get a second job just to pay for the the green cards and the mail-aways, or you just kind of cut it off right there, like maybe one day if I ever hit the lottery. But it's crazy how much those have escalated in value over the last three to four years. You hear those stories, like Brandon finding Ludwig Borga in a bin for five bucks. Like those days are long gone. You can't get anything over on anyone, it seems, these days, because everybody knows what they have. And of course, you can thank podcasts like ours. You can thank the toys that made us for really driving that nostalgia out there and making people go back and look for those because I'm going back and looking at old G.I. Joe and old mask toys as well. And those are escalated to the point where it's like, man, there's no way I can jump into that hobby. I'm just going to have to look forward and hope that they resurrect that toy line as they have done with so many others that I can jump back into it. Like G.I. Joe for me is the perfect example. I can't go back and collect all those G.I. Joes. There's no way. that That's just not feasible for me. But I can get into the new line. And that's why I'm hoping that they do re-release Mask or resurrect that franchise so that I can get back into it. Because trying to go back and collect all those, forget about it. So if you guys are doing any finger or poke of doom on the interwebs, please hit us up. I want to see what you guys are getting. If you, Even if it's like older lines. And it doesn't even need to be wrestling figures. You know what? It, 
if it's G.I. Joe, if it's Star Wars, it, whatever it is, hit us up. We're curious what you guys are doing for Finger Poke Doom, what you guys are putting your stimulus check to. Well, actually, you don't even have to say it's from the stimulus check. It's something that you guys found. So hit us up. Let us know. Use hashtag Finger Poke Doom, also the hashtag of Fig Life. Scott, we are going to announce our next inductee of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Now, one thing I want you guys to understand is this Hall of Fame is going to be unique. It's not going to be figures that you guys are going to think of right away. Scott and I are still debating on the headliner. We still are kind of in discussions about that. Scott wants one person. I want the other. Heated discussions, and we're not going to do a co-headliner. That's not happening. I, I proposed it last week. Jeff wanted no part of that, so it's going to be one. But this week, we both agreed on this one figure, and it is the female figure going into the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. So, Scott... For the 2020 female figure, the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, drumroll, and... It is my pleasure to announce that Marlena from Two Tough Series 1, released in 1998, is the female entrant into the Fig Life Hall of Fame 2020. In 98, she was packaged in a two-pack with gold dust, hence the name Too Tough. And look, the gold dust figure is no slouch in itself, right? That was the version that had the half paint, half no paint, came with the wig accessory. Outstanding gold dust figure. But the one we're inducting here is Marlena. She was designed with a gold full-length dress and was only articulated at the shoulder, had her arms posed to where she could have her hands on her hips or have one hand on one hip, and her left hand was kind of up in the air holding out a cigar. And Jeff, it is my pleasure to put Marlena to Tough Series 1 from 1998 into the Fig Life Hall of Fame 2020. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it should be China. Or what about the new Natty from Elite 74? Or what about this? Look, those are all great figures and we're not stopping anytime soon. So there's going to probably be a few more fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. But this year, it belongs to Marlena, Scott. Mar- Mar- Can you say Marlene? Mar. Lee. Is it a hard no? E? It's a hard E, not not a soft E. So it's Marlena. I've always said Marlena. Oh, not Marlena. We got to put it to a poll, what people called it. <laughs> we got to put Marlena on a poll? <laughs> no, this isn't our other podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've always said it, Marlena. You have always said Marlena. It's kind of funny how, you know, how, tomato, tomato type deal. Yeah, we should just ask her. Or we could ask New Jack. Yes, uh, I'll leave that one to you. You can you can go do that. I'll try. But as I said, this is a figure that kind of came out of left field, and you're going to see that throughout the rest of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. As I said, right now we don't have the official headliner, but we've got three-fourths of this done. For 2020, we welcome the Marlena Two Tough Series 1 Jacks BCA. Uh, very technically, I guess, would be a BCA, even though she herself was, she could only move at the shoulder joint. But yeah. solid figure, a very solid figure. And de- again, both figures in that two pack are outstanding. But the Marlena really stood out to me. She's always been one of my fe- favorite female figures, and I'm happy she's going in. We will have the inductions coming up in the month of May, but. Next week, we will have our next entrant into the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. I think we'll do the two-pack, Scott. Sounds like a plan. Scott, we do have a bit of news because when we hit this time of the year, it's usually kind of slow. So 
what I do is I go onto the Wrestling Figs message boards and pull some Steve Ozer stuff. So, Scott, what do you say we jump into the news? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, what did you think of my haircut going on before we started recording? Do we need to talk about that now? Oh, dude. I'm the Ayatollah of Wrestling Figure podcast Oh. Areola? Oh, Ayatollah? What? You said Ayatollah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm the Ayatollah of wrestling figure podcast Ayatollah? No. Or Areola. Not a- no. No, you're horrible. Oh. I, I don't even know why people are still listening right now. You are, you are driving <laughs> this podcast into the ground and making it dirty. Podcastola. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's better. Oh, all right. We'll stick with that and leave it there. Scott... We are talking about our good friends at Manscaped. Yes, support for the news is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Jeff, this is where I would normally go into a read, but for your pleasure, Steve Hoker has submitted a quick introduction before I get into the Manscaped read. Steve Hoker has supplied us with a pre-read to the Manscaped read. I can't wait to hear this. Steve Hoker's hilarious. Dude, makes me laugh every single day. So, before I get into the Manscaped read, I'm going to give you Steve Hoker's words. Testies, testies, one, two. Hey, kids, have you heard the buzz? We here at Fully Posable sure have. Just because sports are on hiatus doesn't mean that you can't still play ball. Does your cactus feel like a cactus? Do you get nervous speaking in pubic? Our friends at Manscaped can help. Thanks to Manscaped, the only prickly pears you're going to have are the ones you picked up at the farmer's market. Needless to say, Steve went nuts. Continue. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Damn, that's a lot of hair if you have to go 90 minutes with this thing. That's like Ric Flair and Barry Windham almost two times over. Like, that's one long shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Jeff, I would like to point out, I've used it. And I've got to say... The LED light on the trimmer is the accessory to a pube trimmer I didn't know I needed. It really comes in handy when you get into those hard-to-reach or dark areas. Really Uh comes in handy, but moving on. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke (laughs) technology. (laughs) And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Jeff, trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. 
Com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WFP20 at Manscaped, that's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Again, Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. Use code WFP on everything in your cart. This is a call out to Dutch Mantel. Oh, that's a good one, dude. That's a good one. I've, I've watched so much WCW pay-per-views and Clash of Champions, and he was wrestling Tom Zink. <laughs> Dutch Mantel, I saw that sweater vest you had going on, and all I could think was, man, he could have used Manscaped. So, Dutch, if you're listening, use that code WFP20 to get 20% off your order and use that Lawnmower 3.0. Thank you, Scott. I was thinking, I was, I was watching that pay-per-view today, and I forget which one it was. And all I could think was, oh my God, man, what a sweater vest that guy had going on. He could use manscaped.com and get that lawnmower 3.0. Shave the people. (laughs) I see what you did there. Thank you, Manscaped, for that code. Scott, when there is no news, I go to find it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off some stuff from the message boards via Steve Ozer that has gone on there and he's answering some questions. First question, as much as I love stripping the accessories off the Motu WWE figures and displaying them as Remco style figures, it can't be done with everyone. Has there been any consideration into making a standalone line of wrestling themed figures using the Motu molds? Steve said, I'd of course love for this to happen. As with every cool idea, the right circumstances and opportunities are needed to make them come to fruition. That would be pretty sweet. And Travis was one of the first ones to show me that, that when you stripped them of the accessories, most of the figures could be used as Remco. And I love that. I think that that's great. I loved when they did the retro line for the Hasbros. They're almost doing a Remco love letter here. Like all you're leaving pretty much is like Galoob, Toy Biz, and LJN. And you're running the table on all of our old loved figures. So hopefully they're able to make something like that work. I would love to see him do a Remco-inspired line, but it's a wait and see. And like he said, he loves the idea. He thinks it's cool. It's just the right circumstances have to come into play. Next question. Given that Dino Bravo really didn't do anything too violent slash bad, any chance of him in the Legends line? Maybe an exclusive. Steve said, copy and paste generic answer. If a legend is available to us, chances are really good they'll get a figure and that figure will have a proper reveal. Hold on, there is more. I'll add a bit more on top of the canned answer for this one. It's not a case of not knowing where to put certain legends in the line. Collector's Edition, as an example, could work for most talents that may be a bit more obscure. The question is, will WWE sign these talents to merch deals? Speaking purely as a longtime fan and observer of the business, while I usually like to be optimistic and never say never, I don't realistically see a merch deal with Dino Bravo happening. In the in the words of the great Ron Simmons, damn. Yeah, I know, dude. That sucks, man. That would be one hell of an elite figure. And you know what? Given Storm's bulkier body styles, like the one that they used on the Hogan, that would fit Dino Bravo to a T. I'm not saying Storm should go out and grab Dino Bravo, but if you could use a thicker body mold on him, even like FTC, if they were able to get Dino, but you've got to think of his WWF run where he had the arm gauntlets, the cape, the whole bit. That was one dressed up looking character and he looked like a superhero almost. So I think Dino Bravo would make an awesome looking figure. Hopefully somebody picks that guy up. 
Next question, could we look at getting some Monsoon figures out to the online retailers to join Blassie and Graham? He seems to have been more limited than others, and they have really dried up. In the UK, you were having to spend around $120 to get one. Steve said, sorry, but we can't go back into production on Gorilla. If we were even able to, online retailers would have to take an entire production run of the figure. That is extremely unlikely to happen. So one thing I have learned, and I knew this before, but it was kind of brought back up and kind of triggered something in the brain. The gentleman from Boss Fight Studios, his name's Eric Arana, and he's he's on Lucha Central. Him and I do a podcast uh, regarding luchadors and uh, Mexican wrestling figures. He is the lead designer over at Boss Fight. He said for a company like Hasbro or Mattel, they would have to have a minimum of 10,000 figures to go into production to even ramp up or even to kick on the machine. They would need to at least do 10,000. So that's the minimum. So like these companies like FTC, Boss Fight, they'll have productions of 2,000 to ramp it up or 3,000 to even kick on the machines. Mattel is 10,000 and that's the bare bones minimum to even do. So you got to take that into consideration when you ask for these guys. Do you think that this person would move 10,000 units, bare bones 10,000 units? Yeah, that is kind of a tall order. Like now that you put it like that, like bare bones 10K, that's a lot of figures to move. So that's good to know actually. Moving forward, and actually one of the questions coming up here ties into that. So that's good to know for moving forward. By the way, Scott, I'm going to have Eric on here shortly. And basically, you guys are just going to talk G.I. Joe and Star Wars. Because he was also working over at Hasbro. Oh, really? So he worked on the... Eric's going to yell at me. It was either Star Wars or G.I. Joe. I can't remember which line he worked on over at Hasbro. Well, Star Wars up until, I want to say, 96 was Kenner. He was there from 2008 to 2013. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so long gone from Kenner. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, he was on a he was on our uh, special edition episode that I did with him. Uh, very good interview, very informative. So anyways, back to Steve Ozer's questions. Mattel retro rings are at an all-time high, desire-wise, it would seem. I know the retro line is on an indefinite hiatus, but would they ever be considered to go back into production, even for online-only sales? It really is a great product. Steve says, while there are some additional business considerations to take into account, it comes down to retail demand in the end. Would a retailer want to take another full production run of this ring? At this point, especially with no figure line currently available, chances are slim to none that they'd want this. Just trying to give some insight here on how the business actually works. The often mentioned, just put it online, option still requires the same type of full production run, retailer interest that brick and mortar offerings would require. Well, that sucks and is very discouraging. <laughs> it's like those <laughs> those last few threads that we were clinging to to hope that Maddie Collector would come back in some way, shape, or form. Just, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like... We are literally at the mercy of what retail wants. And I think you said it earlier, Jeff. I think you said it last week. Just retail rules the day. And that's who Mattel caters to because that's their bread and butter. I get it. You're running a large business. You've got to cater to who's paying you. But as a collector that wants everybody under the sun made, that really sucks because you kind of cling on to that hope that, okay, maybe they'll do something in a smaller scale. It's just not going to happen, folks. 
Next question. If we have not seen images or renders of a figure yet at this point, does that mean we won't get it this year? Are most of the lineups set in stone for 2020 or is there more to be shown for this year? Haven't seen new elite Jeff Hardy pictures. So just wondering if that means nothing new until 2021. Steve says there are still more 2020 figures that haven't been revealed yet. So the San Diego Comic-Con release. What's San Diego Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah, you know, what? yeah, that just broke, right? Like not too long ago over the last, I think after we recorded last week. Correct. Yeah, no San Diego Comic-Con. But you know that the toys for San Diego Comic-Con were already produced. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about developing a fair way to make those exclusives available to everyone. I would imagine Entertainment Earth is going to be a hot spot for those, uh, some other online retailers. But it's going to be cool to see how that gets distributed. So everybody has an equal shot at them now. But specifically, we know WWE is going to have a release for San Diego Comic-Con. And they're going to have to figure out a way to show that product. Now, I wonder if they're going to do it the same way as Access, where it was just basically, here's a buttload of pictures of new product. That was cool. But it would be great if there was a live stream of Bill and Steve showing off the new product. Correct. I, I think that would make it a lot more personal instead of just, here's a bunch of pictures. That's cool, right? We're getting new figures. That's great. But it, there's a little bit of something missing, right? Like we don't get that touch of them showing the figures. And I would love to see them do a live stream of a reveal. I think, I think that would get a ton of viewers and would give it a little more personal feel instead of just the cold, here's pictures to look at. And it's good to know there's more figures coming out too. We haven't seen everything yet. We're definitely getting that San Diego Comic-Con reveal. And last but certainly not least, just watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode about Jimmy Snuka and the death of Nancy Argentino. Is it safe to say that a figure of the Superfly is off limits? Steve said, I don't think you'll be seeing any Jimmy Snuka merch. Yep. I think that was pretty clear after the first two-parter that they did and then Snuka's episode really safe to say and you know what to an extent Dino Bravo as well they got into his criminal history once he got out of the WWF pretty safe to say that those guys are not on WWE's radar same could be said for New Jack and I would imagine after Dr. D's episode shows not that we have a lot of Dr. D figures out there but I would imagine that there's not going to be a lot of David Schultz figures floating around after that I would agree with you. So that rounds out stuff I pulled from the Wrestling Figs message board from Steve Ozer. Scott, we are going to go talking to the listeners. What do you say? Let's talk to them. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, first question of the week comes in from Christopher Salima. Hi, good brothers. I've been thinking, what if Jax had the WWE line for one more year and they made two more legend line? Here is my idea for the next series. There will be eight figures. Mr. McMahon in a Raw is War outfit. X-Pac in red. Ron Simmons in the Nation of Domination outfit. Mark Henry in Sane Nation outfit. Kane in full mask outfit. Edge from Mania 2000. Christian from Mania 2000. And Mankind in Brown Outfit. Now you guys come up with the last series. Good luck looking forward to hearing your picks. Man, you would hope that if they were going... And I'm assuming that Christopher's talking about the classic superstars here. I would hope, because we know that that got really watered down on the end, right? Those last few series of classic superstars, they weren't the greatest. 
a lot of them were just like repaints and just using old body parts and it was just almost phoning it in. But you would hope that if it was going to continue that they would have gone out with a bang. And who knows? I would have loved to see him go after Randy Savage and try to finally get him under their umbrella because eventually, obviously, Mattel would get him, but it would have been great to see Jax get him before they expired. I really like where he went with the Attitude Era. We know that those figures sell really well. And I like that Christopher went in that direction. But one guy we never got from Classic Superstars, in addition to Savage, in addition to Owen Hart, in, Ranger adi- Ross. in addition to Ricky Steamboat, dude, really? Ranger Ross? I've been watching a lot of WCW, so I the, you're going to say the Ding Dongs, huh? <laughs> no, there's actually a couple. There's actually a couple. And not the Ding Dongs, not Ranger Ross, not even Firebreaker Chip. Jeff, let's talk about <laughs> Scott Steiner. Yes. Really? They made Rick, but you're not going to give us Scott Steiner. That is LJN territory right there, my friend, by not giving a Smash and Barbarian to complete the other half of those tag teams. So we do have to say that there was a Jax Scott Steiner from the 1990 era, 1989-1990 era, that was a prototype but was never released. And he was in a yellow singlet and with white coming up the sides. If you, In fact, I was just watching the pay-per-view today where Steiner's faced Doom. And that was at... Halloween Havoc 89, I think. As I said, I've been watching so much, so it's all kind of blending together. But Scott Steiner kind of wore that same outfit. It was a, a, it was a borderline yellowish neon green, but the white went up one side, not the other. But if you look at the jacks, it's very similar to that style of figure. Unless he wore that outfit at another show that I haven't come up on or I haven't seen yet or he wore it in WWE, whatever it may be. That's the only time that he wore that outfit that was close to that Jack's Classic, or sorry, not Jack's Classic, I apologize, but to that Scott Steiner era prototype. Yeah, and Jax did make a Scott Steiner when he had that run when he came back in 2003. They made a couple of Scott Steiner figures off of that specific look, Scott Steiner, but we never got that late 89, early 90s look, Scott Steiner. I think that he should have been included Another one, Jeff, that made a very colorful character, the Patriot. I think he would have made a great addition to the uh, the classic superstars line. And that kind of ties into Chris's suggestion that they go Attitude Era, right? It would have been great to see them do a Patriot figure. I think they, they, he just had a, the perfect look. Much like I've said with Bray Wyatt, like the guy was made to be an action figure. You could really say the same about the Patriot. And to round out my series of classic superstars, I would have loved to see the Von Eriks. Give me David, Carrie, Kevin, Mike. And I think that that would have rounded out a very solid assortment of classic superstars. What about the Beverly brothers? You could do that, but that would fall more into the territory of not single carded. So if you were going to go tag teams, uh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. The Beverly brothers. They were one of those early 90s tag teams that made a lot of sense to fit into that line. Uh, So yeah, of course. Why not? Uh, You could even go... If you wanted to branch out into ECW, say, because we know that they did Sabu, they did Terry Funk, they did Taz, um, a tag team from ECW that never got a lot of figure love or any. Uh, how about Public Enemy? I think those would have made some kick-ass looking figures. So you, for your two tag yeah. teams with that, if you're going to release two two-packs, go the Beverly Brothers and Public Enemy. Much agreed. Very good call on that one, dude. Or the Gangstas. Oh, dude, yes. Absolutely. I would love to see a Gangsters 2-pack. That would be incredible. Even better. Okay, so give us three 2-packs. Two from ECW and one from (laughs) early 90s WWF. That would be so sweet. 
Yeah, and I'm sorry if I'm talking a lot of WCW because that's all I've been watching. I just finished up the Saturday night shows. So there's a big gap missing from July of 89 to 1992, I believe. So now I'm just catching up via pay-per-views and Clash of Champions. So like I'm I'm watching Great Muda right now. Um, I'm watching Terry Funk, man. When he showed up in 89 and pile-drived Rick on the table on the outside. Yes. Dude. Terry was cut, man. He had abs popping. He was looking great. <laughs> yeah, he did a cycle before he showed up. <laughs> allegedly, Scott. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Roids were so rampant back then. No, it, 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 maybe a lot of cardio. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot of cardio. Allegedly, Scott. Make sure you put allegedly in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Doom is another one I would love. I, I keep mentioning two packs, but I'm, I keep watching all these awesome tag teams that they had back in the day the freebirds that they made wcw galoobs of well we got a freebirds three pack but we never got that jimmy garvin to go with the michael hayes 100 percent, 100 percent. and i mean how many times do we need to scream on this show that doom needs to get a two-pack or at least give us two single carded elites of doom such an underrated tag team they kicked so much ass they beat the steiner brothers i mean come on they beat barry windham and arn anderson like, they were a legit team. They didn't show it at Starcade 89 and that Iron Man tournament, but their rocket took off right after that pay-per-view, and Doom was incredible. Highly underrated tag team. Never in the discussion of a top 10, but way underrated and very deserving of new figures because the only example we have of Doom action figures are those god-awful galoobs that are in our Hall of Shame and it's a damn shame that those are the only figures out there of Doom. And of course, there's Owen Hart. Everybody wants Owen Hart. But I I don't know that that's ever going to happen, given her relationship with wrestling in general. I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't think we're going to get Owen Hart figures. And it's a damn shame. Um, but dude, going back to Doom, if, if Jack's Classics were to have a Doom, you can almost guarantee that they would take those Killer Bees masks that came with the Killer Bees 2-pack spray them black and those would have come with reed and simmons and i think that that would have been amazing and quick scott who was their manager before teddy long it was woman very good don't forget she also had nitro there for a minute as like the big burly bodyguard almost like diesel to Shawn michaels back in the day there was a dude a huge dude by the name of nitro that accompanied woman with doom and i think like shortly after starcade 89 is when they dropped her got teddy long and then it was sky's the limit, man. They strapped the rocket onto Doom and they just kicked so much ass. They were incredible. It's fun watching these old WCW videos. And I said this last week, but if you go in order, you can kind of see the time frame of when people left. Like you can tell when JJ Dillon leaves. You can see when Arn and Tolly are in WWF. The Road Warriors, right? The Road Warriors, uh, I'm still going through. They're still there in 89. I just watched a match with them today versus uh, the Skyscrapers. Oh, gosh. Is that the one where they just beat the crap out of each other? It went to like a no decision? Basically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like neither team wanted to job out to the other, and they're like, screw it, just go out there and beat each other up. No finish. But if you guys have the time to do this, if you guys are in quarantine and working from home or whatever... This is a lot of fun. I tweeted this out. I just saw Mike Awesome's uh, match in WCW. It was on a July 1st WCW Saturday night show. It was Mike Awesome and someone. I think they took on the Steiners. Okay. 
So it's kind of cool seeing all these guys that would eventually become big names. Like earlier on, I saw a, a Ray Trailer match who came Big Bubba Rogers and Big Boss Man. So I, I love this, man. It's so much fun going back and watching these old things. The matches are what they are. There's some really j- great matches in there, but then there's also some that you're like, okay, where's that fast forward button? Because I don't want to sit through this. <laughs> yeah. And we talked last week, like the enhancement talent that they had really played a huge role in getting those guys over. But that was a lot of what the Saturday morning show was, or the Saturday afternoon show was, which is putting the guys over to build your stars. So a lot of throwaway matches for sure. Thank you very much, Christopher, for sending that in. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. This week's question is mostly for Scott, but if you have anything to add, Jeff, please feel free to do so. Scott, I wanted to know your thoughts on the rumor that WWE 2K21 has possibly been canceled. I'll be honest, I hope there's some truth to this. Sorry, 2K, but even if current world events weren't going on, with how bad 2K20 turned out... 2K really needs to take a year off to talk about what went wrong and how they can fix it so fans of the game series don't have to wait for patch after patch for the game to work. Scott, is that true? It is true, and it's no longer a rumor. As of recording today, Jeff, which is, what, April 23rd? Gosh, this is what happens when you lose track of your days and your dates. Uh, Today's Thursday, April 23rd, and they did confirm today that 2K21 will not be released. And in my opinion, this is a tragedy because they screwed up 2K20 so bad that they killed a year of the franchise. I agree with JT 100%. They made the right call. And the disaster, hopefully they will learn from it and it will spawn a better game for 2K22. Now, whether that falls on the PlayStation 5, or they release a PlayStation 4 and 5 version, I don't know what the plan is yet, but you can almost guarantee there's going to be a 2K22. And again, agreeing with JT, they need to address what went wrong with 2K20. I think that them losing Ukes was the ultimate downfall them trying to just make this game on their own and writing it off as good. Who signed off on that game that said, yeah, just just throw it out there. It's fine. With as many bugs as it had on launch day, and as JT mentioned, all of the patches that had to come through after it to make it even playable is 100% completely unacceptable. There should have been a recall on that game. It was that bad at launch. Now, yes, it has gotten better. I can play it now. It's still not the greatest. It is what it is, but it's passable. It's fine. Not a $60 game by any stretch. At launch day, the fact that they were charging $60, $90 if you got the deluxe edition, $130 if you got the collectible edition, definitely not worth that price tag. Absolutely not worth that price tag for a game that should be finished and mostly bug-free at launch was unfinished and full of bugs at launch day, and ultimately made it so 2K cannot do a 2K21 game. They need to take a long, hard look in the mirror, figure out where they went wrong, and fix it so that this franchise can continue because I'm a fan of the game series. I don't want it to go away. The fact that I don't get another one this year with an updated roster, looking forward to the collectible version to see what they were going to release as a collectible with it, 
to me, that sucks. And it pisses me off because I don't have a huge budget for games, but I do a lot myself $130 every year to buy the collectible edition. I didn't last year because I didn't care for the collectible. So I just got the deluxe edition, but that's one game I look forward to every year. I maybe buy three games a year. That's one of them. And I'm pissed that I'm not going to get one this year because they screwed up 20 so bad. So again, I'm hoping they learn from their mistakes because everybody likes a a story where they can redeem themselves and come back into good graces. I want that to happen with 2K. I want them to learn what they did wrong and fix it for next year so we don't have that crap again that happened with 2K20. So it is official. They're they're not coming out with it. I mean, is this... It's confirmed. Yes. Is this... What does this do to? Is it because the game sucks so bad? Is it because of coronavirus? I mean... Oh, no, 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 no. This, no, this is not a COVID-19 casualty at all. No, this is 100%. They saw the writing on the wall that nobody was going to pre-order this game and sales were going to be in the crapper and they saw it coming. But their saving grace may be the PlayStation 5 so they can update the game on a new engine and promise the world and say, we learned what we did wrong. We apologize. Let's make it right. Here's a better game. And that's my hope for them, that they can go onto this new platform, the PlayStation 5, and just make a kick-ass game. Xbox, I think, has a new version coming out as well. I don't have an Xbox, but I believe they have a new version coming out. So 2K can kind of hit the reset button on the whole franchise and give us a kick-ass game next year and totally redeem themselves. And that's what I'm hoping happens. But it is a fact, Jeff. It's no longer a rumor. I was hearing those rumors too. And to an extent, was hoping that it was true. Because I knew... I was one of the masses that was like, screw you guys. I'm not pre-ordering the game. I'm going to wait until you launch it, get the bugs worked out. Then I'll think about it when it's deep discount. So I think a lot of people were going to be in that same boat. 2K knew it, really had no choice but to cancel and look forward to the new engine and a new game. I did not know that, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. This has been a long-running franchise, not just in 2K, but going back to the SmackDown Raws, you had a new wrestling game every year. And because they really screwed the pooch last year, Now we don't get one this year. And as I said, I have a certain budget for video games and that takes up about $130 of it every year. Unless I don't want the collectible edition, I'll get the deluxe that has all the DLCs, but that's still running $90. So it just really sucks. I don't get that game this year. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you were able to answer JT's question, man. I hope I did, but I agree with him a hundred percent reevaluate and move on. Right, right. Well, that rounds out the listener segment. Scott, so what do you say we jump into it? Let's go build and brawl. Scott, why don't you go into Outsiders Beard Co.? Yes, guys, if you have hair on your face, a mustache, a beard, a mustache and a beard, you've got to check out OutsidersBeardCo.com. Bane has a great selection of balms and oils. Fill up your cart, and when you check out, use code FULLYPOSABLE10 and save yourself 10% off. I use it. I love it. It smells great. It keeps everything in place. I use a combination of the balm and the oil. Gives it a nice sheen. Gives it a nice smell. Keeps the flyaways down. So, again, if you have a beard or a mustache or both, go check out OutsidersBeardCo.com. Fill up your cart. Save yourself 10% off by using code FULLYPOSABLE10. Scott, I think you just spoiled what our new nostalgia line is. by. I did no such thing. Before the music hit. But why don't you go into it? 
Yeah, so I did spoil it. You're right. We are going to go into the WWF build, or WWE, I guess I should say, build and brawl figures. These were released by Jax in 2008. They were four inches tall, had a ton of points of articulation, and I found them to be very similar to the Marvel Universe figures that were released in 2009. They were a similar scale. They had similar or similar points of articulation. A lot of similarities between those two. If you're familiar with the Marvel Universe figures that came out about 10 or 11 years ago, same scale, almost the same points of articulation. Uh, pretty cool. Really a good selection of figures. They made legends. They made current stars. They made zero females in the line. There was one playset that came with a Triple H and a Randy Orton figure. And they came with a ring. And Jeff, I was on eBay earlier, just kind of doing a little bit of homework on this line. There was one on eBay, a ring in the box with Triple H, with Randy Orton, 200 bucks. Now, is that a buy it now, 200 bucks, or is that a starting bid? Or That's the starting bid. What? Yes. And Jeff, while I mentioned that there were no females in the line, there was a prototype made of Beth Phoenix, but she never made it into the line. So that is kind of some backstory on the build and brawl figures, kind of a different scale. Like we know that Hasbro or not Hasbro, uh, Mattel has done the Hasbro love letter, the retro line. And that's about three and three quarters, four inches tall. Those figures, this was kind of Jack's version of that, but there was way more posability on them. They didn't have a gimmick action or anything, just a lot of articulation. So, With all of that said, Jeff, let's get into Series 1. And Series 1 consisted of Batista, and they're called Buildin' Brawls because not only did it come with the figure, that would be the brawl part, it came with a piece of something, and that was the build aspect of it. Series 1 allowed you to construct a ring. So Batista came with a piece of a ring. Edge came with a piece of the ring. Triple H came with the ring posts. And one thing to note on the Edge figure, he was wearing like the camo print tights, but they were gray and purple, which I thought was kind of cool. And I think they were purple boots on the figure as well, which I thought was a different look and pretty cool. Next up, Lashley, and he came with a piece of the ring. John Cena in all of his blue jorts glory was packaged (laughs) with ring ropes. And rounding out series one was The Undertaker, who came with a piece of the ring. And Jeff, these remind me of those WCW figures from Toy Biz that allowed you to construct a ring. There were four figures and each one came with a piece of the ring. There was like yes. Booker T and Bret Hart. And I forget who else was in that specific series. But this was a lot like that, but on a smaller scale. Remember how big those Toy Biz figures were? These were on a four inch scale. So it was going to be a smaller ring, but very much reminded me of that WCW series that was packaged with a ring or a piece of a ring. And also, again, very much reminded me of the Marvel Universe line in just the articulation, in the scale. But really, I'll be perfectly honest, full disclosure here, I didn't own one of these figures. These were kind of what I'd consider to be a gimmick line, and I don't really get involved in those too much. But I'd always look at them and be like, man, that's a lot of detail on a smaller scale figure, and it's pretty cool. And if I had extra money at the time... I probably would have gotten one or two per series. As I mentioned, they did release legends like Sergeant Slaughter and Razor Ramon, spoiler alert, and a Stone Cold, but I never picked any of them up. I know I don't have any in the collection, but Jeff, you do. 
Yeah, I have the uh, Bret Hart one. Obviously, I had to get that one. What I remember about these is these were always close to the end. They weren't exactly an end cap, but they were kind of on the corner of an end cap. And at Toys R Us specifically, they would be draped down the corner of the end cap. So I remember these always being on sale as well because they never seemed to move out here. We would always get new series. We would always see new figures of these, but to me, they never moved and they were reasonably priced. I want to say they were like $6.99 or $7.99. I'd have to go back and look or see a tag or something like that, but they were always reasonably priced, but it always seemed like I was saving my money for Jack's Classic. It would be like, oh, that Batista or Edge is cool, but I'm going after uh, Jack's Classic. I'm going after uh, Deluxe Aggression, whatever it may be. By the way, did G.I. Jera ever have these points of articulation? Not that I recall, no. Uh, if you're talking about the 80s series G.I. Joes, they had articulation at the neck. They had a swivel arm, articulation at the shoulder, at the hip, and at the knee joint. And these had more than that. The perfect way to see the articulation on these is you can go look up checklists online and look at the Cena figure. And you can see where it's at his midsection. He's got a cup, more than a couple in the legs, a few in the arms, at the neck. Just massive points of articulation, more than your standard three and three quarter inch GI Joe for sure. And on top of that, this also is fairly inexpensive to go back and collect on eBay. There's, they range from about nine ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine. Now that's loose. Yeah, there are some. There are the few that are pricier. Scott mentioned to me on eBay today there was a the Bret Hart that they came out with on card is going for 80 bucks. Yeah, I saw a Bret Hart carded build and brawl $80. Right. So there are some that will run you a couple more dollars, but overall these are inexpensive and really cool. Like the way I have my Bret Hart displayed is I have this little kind of like a cutout unit in the kitchen and I have Bret sitting there. So I actually really enjoy these and the points of articulation are really cool with these. You can play with them if you get the ring. I don't recommend getting spending $200 on it, but if you get the ring or if you get just even something else that's equivalent to that, can hold those guys, go for it. Do that and you can wrestle with them. I agree, Jeff. Yeah, if I was going to get into this set, this is one that I would do loose. I wouldn't do these carded. It, it uh, The package is okay, but there's nothing that, that makes it jump out and say I needed to be displayed on the wall. This is one you just leave out on your wrestling figure display and you can kind of just mess around with the figures every now and then, do some finishing moves on them, whatever, just to mess around with. These are not ones that I would collect MOC at all. These would definitely be a loose collection. So that is our initial talk of WWE Build and Brawl figures from Jax. What we'd also like you guys to do is go check out Wrestling Toy Tracker. If you guys are in the hunt for LJNs, Hasbros, Galoobs, Just Toys Bendems, or Retros, go check out Wrestling Toy Tracker to make sure you're getting a fair, fair price. My tag team partner, Randy, who was on telephone for this past week, sent in an email last week or an audio submission talking about Wrestling Toy Tracker and how he used them. So we recommend everybody use Wrestling Toy Tracker. So check out WrestlingToyTracker.com or on Twitter at Toy underscore Tracker. Scott Eaglemoss. If you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you were looking for a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eaglemoss. Eaglemoss has a ton of properties under their umbrella from Back to the Future, DC, Star Trek, 
Battlestar Galactica, and of course, WWE. You can give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Check out all of the cool properties that they do have. Check out their website. These things are not expensive, and they look fantastic. Again, on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Also, I'm going to throw it back to the podcast buddies, Breaker and Bane, each week do a weekly show, a fun weekly show, I should say, about toys and collectibles, wrestling talk. They have a guest in each week. It's a fun episode. If you enjoy this show, you also enjoy that one. It drops the same day as ours every Sunday. So check iTunes, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also, Breaker's side project, Back to the Nintendo, where him and his tag team partner, Brett, play a video game from the Nintendo days. And then they discuss the game, if it still holds up today, and the price of the cartridge. So go check out Back to the Nintendo. Also, check out Bane's music. He actually did a concert on Facebook that was a lot of fun last week. So also check out Bane on iTunes. He has Baneomania. Bane's World, he's got a few albums on iTunes, so check that out. Eric and Barry, I got to talk about what they're doing over there, doing the favor, man. They just started up their own website where they have articles. They have a place where you can go and buy, sell, trade figures. It's a safe place. You don't have to worry about being upcharged. It's all free. Don't have to worry about anything else. So check out doingthefavor.com. They've got a bunch of fun stuff going on over there on their website. And also check out their show on iTunes every week. They talk about figures and merch. Barry, he always says, don't trust a Jeff with one F. (laughs) That is ridiculous. You always trust a Jeff with one F. You don't trust Barry's. You don't trust Barry Bonds. He lied. You don't trust Barry Horowitz. There was Those were self-inflated egos right there. He had, a, he had his own handprint on the back of his jacket. Inflated ego. Bear, those berries, I tell you. Only berries you can trust is B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Those are the only berries you can trust. I'm actually Blue. more shocked that you're mentioning his name this week. He's buried me enough. See, Barry, I'm going to bury Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so check out... <laughs> Doing the favor, and also check out their website, doingthefavor.com. Steve, over at the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, puts out a show every other week that is a lot, a lot of fun, where they go over a bunch of old school wrestling stuff that is just an hour that just breezes by. So check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Each week, Marty and Sarah put out a show with their buddies, where they welcome them in. Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Ryan Buds does daily trivia. You can follow him on Facebook also where he does these live trivia things. Now that we're all quarantined up, he's doing live trivia. That's a lot of fun as well. So check that out. Ryan Buds on iTunes at Buds Trivia or check him out on Facebook, Ryan Buds, B-U-D-D-S. Scott, wrestling drunk, drunk wrestling history. What's going on over there? Yes, you can give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We've got a t-shirt on What a Maneuver. Jeff's been talking about supporting What a Maneuver. So if you're going to, we've got a Drunk Wrestling History shirt on there currently. I'm going to be buying myself a tank top soon because sun's out, gun's out. And we've got currently the WrestleMania 5 inspired episodes. We've got one about the mega powers forming and in turn dissolving. And how that led into WrestleMania 5. And then we've got a WrestleMania 5 recap episode. That's current. We are recording a couple more this coming weekend. So we get a couple more in the hopper to take us out to, I believe, July 
Uh, so we do have a few more in the hopper. We've got new stuff coming in the next few weeks. Again, we're bi-weekly. You can currently find WrestleMania 5 and the Mega Powers episodes up in addition to all of our old episodes. But again, give us a follow on Twitter. It's me, it's Eddie, it's Adam, although Eddie is the one running the Twitter, at wrestling underscore drunk. Scott, roll call. First and foremost, same as every other week, of course, I got to throw it out to our amazing artist, and he should be your amazing artist too, Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason WLF. He just did a Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling print that is phenomenal, incredible, amazing, the usual from the great Jason Wolf. Give him a follow again on Twitter. Check out his Rock and Wrestling print at Jason WLF. At Pollyanna DIY does amazing enamel pins and other miscellaneous wrestling merch. Give him a follow on Twitter at Pollyanna. That's with two N's. D-I-Y. Our buddy CJ and your buddy CJ on Twitter at your buddy CJ does a great wrestling figure column. Definitely give him a follow. And Jeff, I'm going to round it out with some figure photographers this week. First up, the incredible Ralphie vibes. A hell of a dude. A solid dude. Ralphie Vibes. Give him a follow on Instagram. At Elite Figure Vibes. That's V-Y-B-Z. Next up, on Twitter, at Bud, B-U-D, underscore, Light, L-I-G-H-T, here. So, on Twitter, at Bud, Light, here. And, finally, rounding out this week's figure photographers, at WWE, underscore, stage, underscore creator brighten up your twitter timeline give those nice gentlemen a follow they do incredible figure photography and jeff that rounds out roll call we were just talking about people we want you guys to support jason wolf is doing a lot of prints right now and on top of that he is pumping out a mess load of them like scott said he's doing that rock and wrestling one that was a lot of fun brian breaker just picked up some cards from him that i thought looked amazing if you guys have anything that you need done as far as artwork jason wolf is your guy he's gonna do amazing work like scott just said but i want to throw it back to him because of all the amazing prints that he's been doing not only for us but for a lot of people that has been getting themselves created as hasbro so again jason wolf on twitter we retreat his stuff all the time we share it on facebook so if you guys aren't on twitter you can see it on there check him out on instagram you can see a lot of his stuff on there scott for episode 223 anything else fig life since 2016 please keep yourselves safe happy and healthy much love to all of you thank you for listening and happy toy hunting and it's time to start recording our other podcast after this one scott thank you again for everybody listening to episode 223 hashtag fig life adios Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M-O-C Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week With the OGs of WFP Fully poseable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings